This is CliffCentral.com. It's Kupu. It's Kupu. Yours ain't banging like mine, no. Yo, what's up, guys? It's your girl, Gigi Lemayne, and you're tuned into The Unplugged Radio Show on Thursdays right here on Cliff Central from 12 to 1 p.m., baby. Are you ready? So I've been uh, researching a little bit about the problem us millennials face, and I'm pretty sure you guys want to know what the answers are, too, and I found a fairly interesting interview that addresses a couple of points I think we should talk about. So before we get into anything real, I want you guys to listen to this. Hold up. You're dealing with an addicted generation. This is a big time bomb ticking. You, it will get really worse. Right. Okay. So combine that with the facts. You have a, a, an addicted generation that doesn't have the, the skill set to ask for help. Combine with the fact that they're so good at Facebook and Instagram, they're good at putting filters on everything. So they're good at showing you how smart and strong they are. These kids who commit suicide, you go look at their Instagrams, you would have no clue that they were depressed. Because they're happy and they're star athletes. right? You'd have no clue because they're really good. So when we say silly things like, my door is always open, you're assuming they have the courage to come in. Combine with the fact that they're subject largely, not all, but too many, to a failed parenting strategy. Because their parents told them they were special, they could have anything they wanted, they can be anything they want, they got medals for coming in last, which by the way we know doesn't work, it devalues the medal for the one who comes in first, and the one who came in last, it makes them feel stupid because they know they didn't deserve it, right? The kids got into honors classes not because they deserved it, but because the parents complained, and some of them got good grades not because they earned them, but because the teachers didn't want to deal with the parents. And then the kids graduate college, and they get a job, and in an instant, they find out they're not special, they don't get anything for coming in last, their parents can't get them a promotion, and, and, and you can't have whatever you want just because you want it. And in an instant, their entire self-image is shattered. And so you have an entire generation growing up with lower self-confidence than previous generations. So you have lower self-confidence than previous generations, combined with an inability to ask for help with things that are you're struggling with and you turn to social media or device you keep checking you keep checking you count your likes you count your likes you count your followers you count your followers and if somebody unfriends you oh my god it's trauma right the way they break up with each other is they just ghost each other just cut each other out and stop returning to text returning text and returning phone calls because they don't have the skill set to say hey it's not working out it's not me it's you right there's no closure on things right combined with the fact there's an institutionalized impatience so They've grown up in a world of instant gratification. You want to buy something? You go on Amazon, it shows up the next day. You want to get in touch with someone? You don't leave a message on their machine and wait four hours for them to get the message. You just text them and they get back to you immediately. You want to watch a movie? You just log on and watch it. You don't have to check movie times. right? Everything happens instant. You want to get a date? Swipe right. You don't even have to muster up the courage to go up like, hey, you know? You don't have to. There you go, got a date. right? And so the problem is, they're accused of being entitled. I don't think they're entitled at all. Not at all. I think they're impatient. I keep meeting these fantastic, smart, driven, ambitious, idealistic, fantastic kids who graduated school, they got a job, they want to make an impact in the world, and I go up to them and say, how's it going? And they say, I think I'm going to quit. I'm like, why? They're like, I'm not making an impact. I'm like, you've been here eight months. And it's as, if, it's as if they see the summit of a mountain. It's as if they're standing at the foot of a mountain. They can see the summit. They can see the thing they want. I want to make an impact. What they don't see is the mountain. This large, immovable object. You can go up fast. You can go up slow. I don't care. But there's still a mountain. What they don't understand is that life, that relationships, and career fulfillment are a journey. There's no app for that. I got nothing. You've got to go through the slow, plodding, annoying meandering process called career and life. But if they don't get it in eight months, they go look for it somewhere else. They don't get it, they go, go look for it somewhere else. It's impatience. And because they don't have the skill set to ask for help, and because they feel lonely, it compounds and compounds. Solutions for this? So then, so then <laughs> yeah. we dump them in office environments that are built on theories from the 80s and 90s that prioritizes a number before a person, and no one really cares about their confidence and their personal growth. They're just numbers on a spreadsheet. And so they enter work cultures that don't help them. And the problem is they're entering the workforce at a deficit. I hear from kids. They tell me that they struggle to form deep, meaningful relationships, and the companies don't care. 
And so it's destructive to them as individuals, but ultimately it'll hurt the companies because more and more millennials are entering the workforce. I believe, to your point about solution, that now the responsibility on companies is even greater than it's ever been before to take care of its people. Because if the environments in which we're asking our youngest workers to work in isn't built to help them, I can't even imagine what the suicide and, and homicide and just the rates of depression, you know, an accidental death due to overdose are going to look like in the future. It's going to reach epidemic proportions. It's already, the, 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 the statistics are already alarming and yet nobody's sounding any alarm bells. Parents have to intervene. We have to stop giving our kids free access to social media and, and phones at young ages. They are not ready for it. Their minds cannot cope with the dopamine. Balance is fine. You can give a kid a phone, but they can't use it in their bedroom. They can't have it at the dinner table. They can't take it to school. They can only have it up to a certain hour, and you take it away. They're children. You can take the phone away. We've got to intervene as parents. But as companies, we now have to deal with the influx of kids that are coming into our companies with addiction. Watch. I see it all the time. Walk through any office. You'll see the older employees have their phones on the sides of their computers as they're working. You'll see the youngest employees have their phones face up in front of their keyboards between their arms as they're working. And this is how they work. And the, the science is alarming. They did uh, experiments on mice where they, they did the multitasking. They, they changed the... They, changed, they put flashing lights to mimic going from the computer to the cell phone, the computer to the cell phone, to the TV... The mice that were exposed to the changing lights, it took them three times longer to solve a maze than the mice that weren't, and the damage was permanent. It didn't improve when they stopped the lights. This is intense. Um, and the leadership now is even more important than ever. And leadership now is even more important. Yeah. And the leaders now are even more irresponsible. You are responsible for the lives of human beings, and some of these human beings are your children. So, okay, you bastard CEO who thinks all the stuff that I talk about is craziness, and you don't have time to make these changes. This is what I hear. We don't have time. It's a war out there. I've actually heard executives tell me that. It's a war out there. I don't have time for this leadership stuff. I know guys who go to war, and I'll tell you, it's not a war, what you're going through. You know, you tinker with money. It's not a war. You do. This is CliffCentral.com. What an intro to Unplugged and In Charge. What do you think, Lasell? Word. Are you together? After hearing all that? Uh, I'm in two minds still. Well, I want to know what you guys think. You can hit us up on Twitter. Um, use, uh, use our handles uh, at V underscore the everything at LSU Mpanga, right? Is it yeah. underscore? LSU underscore, underscore Mpanga. That's right. Uh, and as well, you can also tweet at cliffcentral.com. We want to hear what you think about that clip. Um, they're talking about millennials in the workplace. And I found it quite relevant because, you know, part of the Unplugged Radio Show is really talking about new ways of, of trying to do things like business, um, things like school, things like life, things like relationships, trying to find new ways that are sort of unplugged from the traditional systems that we find ourselves born into and somewhat slaves to. So um, I thought I thought he had some valid points in, in, in what he was saying. Uh, for you guys that don't know who that guy is, he's actually a very, um, very well-known speaker. Uh, he speaks a lot on leadership and a lot on young people. Simon Sinek. Uh, Simon Sinek, that's who he is. Uh, yeah. That one is called Self-Esteem, Gratification, and Addiction. He's very focused on the millennial culture, which is pretty cool. So if you guys want to check him out, check him out on YouTube. He's got a couple of cool videos out there. But uh, today we want to just break down what, what he was saying a little bit and also just kind of actually share our personal experience in that space. You know what? <clears throat> and I hear what he's saying. It's, yeah. And it's very relevant. But but this is how I feel about this entire millennial, non-millennial um, type of stuff. And then I want to articulate, articulate it really well. Yeah, talk to me. Um, and, and, and basically for me is guys in the... So our, it's okay. So our parents, right? Yeah. Their parents, our grandparents, right? Yeah. Obviously at some point had an issue with our parents, right? Yes. So, so in... In, in that instance, right? I think it's just a cyclical thing. I think you can't, you can't get away from it. I think every previous society will always think the next society is going to just pretty much fuck everything up. You think so? I don't think that's, that's true. Yeah, I do think so. If you think about 
your you grandparents. Think each society is gonna th- thinks the next one's just gonna fuck everything. Each generation thinks the next one because if you look, think about your parents, right, the baby boomers, right, yeah. so your grandparents, yeah, they were all about structure, hierarchy, how things were supposed to be, yeah. And then your parents came in and they were hippies and music started coming through. Then there was MTV. No one was reading newspapers anymore because there was no one was into radio as much because it was TV now. Yeah. So there was definitely an and there was definitely an 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 uh, a culture switch or, or an evolution of the culture, mm. right? which is natural. So you think it's just like every generation has a new way of approaching this life thing, and each previous generation thinks that it's incorrect. I don't, yeah, and I don't think you can get away with it, but it's because people don't like change. You know what I mean? This is true, but don't you think that that's also so? That's the system. Actually, in fact, that's probably why the system is built in such a way because it keeps everything standard. But like, for instance, when he talks about. You put these people that he look. There's a few things that he said there that I don't think applies to every single millennial. Like I mean, he says that they victims to failed parenting strategies. <clears throat> okay, the digital influence is obviously quite across the board, um, but there's certain elements I was like, okay, it's a little bit presumptuous to just assume that. But at the same time, um, at the same time, I get I get where he's coming from. And then he says you put these millennials into the workplace and they. They work in businesses that were built on systems for the 1960s and the 1980s. Now, surely he's got a major point there with regards to going forward with young people in the workplace. You know, I don't know if enough has been done in corporate South Africa to accommodate a new type of person. Surely that should be part of like the exco meetings on on on, on big on big uh, in big corporate companies because. Don't you think the longevity belongs, the longevity of the company belongs to the youngest people that are working there? For sure. So if you look at the stats, right? So by 2020, 50% of the workforce will be millennials. By 2025, it'll be 75% of the workforce, corporate yeah. workforce will be millennials. Um, I don't think an evolution is going to happen in corporate. I think it will be a revolution. I think things are going to switch up in a very short oh, like period. Like drastically. Of time. Yeah. I think when you hit critical mass and then all of a sudden people will be like, oh, sh- we didn't, we didn't see this one coming. So, not an evolution, a revolution. A revolution. And, 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 um, and, and, and it's, you, you can see it happening, right? It happened with, um, it happened with Fees Must Fall. It happened with all the fundamentals. If you really think about it, Fees Must Fall should have never happened. Like, that was just yeah. logic. Yeah. That was, that was logic. That was pure logic. That was, yeah. Brexit, I mean, all the experts were like, oh my gosh, Brexit won't happen because all the experts think they know everything. And then mm. the youngest population in Britain said, middle finger to you, and now we have Brexit. Mm. Mm. So I don't think it's going to be an evolution. I think it's going to be a revolution. I think some sectors are more behind than others. Um, but also, I hate that type of rhetoric. So I like Simon Sinek, but I hate that particular clip because my thing is that if you don't like the way things are going forward now, mm-hmm. give me the alternative. Don't yeah. don't tell me so for example yeah 10 years ago yes you'll get a promotion every 5 years what's wrong with having a promotion every 8 months if you're good enough for it but you see this is i think where he's he's trying to lead the discussion to i think you're right when it's it's sort of like i hear i hear he speaks about a lot about the problem and what the potential solution is but it doesn't actually give a solution doesn't so he's saying ceos think of the solution and I agree with you, and I think what you said there is somewhat of a solution. Maybe you speed up the 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 um ability to promote somebody or like the the norm of getting a promotion. But do you speed it up? You see, now this is where it becomes tricky, because part of good business is good sort of governance and um you know and compliance uh, and blah, compliance blah, blah. et cetera, right? Yeah, so yeah. so do you think it becomes a broader problem to to just implement these flexible um, these flexible rules whereby Lesejo can get promoted in eight months, you know? I think, oof, I think it's an industry wide issue. So, for example, I mean, I work from home today. Yeah. 10 years ago, that would have been hoo ha. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's and, now, yeah. and now it's pretty much a, a, a basic way of doing things, right? Absolutely. Um, cause if you look at, I mean, I mean, he especially points out tech there and, and how we all glue to our phones, et cetera, et cetera. But the truth is, you wouldn't be able to run multinational companies without tech, right? Yeah. I not in able, today's world, right? Not into the, yeah, but yeah. I wouldn't be able to run something in Zambia if I'm all the way in South Africa if tech wasn't there. And if it wasn't for social media, people would not be able to voice out what they're thinking about. If it wasn't for social media, Pretoria Girls High would still be telling black girls to wear their, to, to relax their hair and wear it straight. Mm. Basically. This is true. You know what I'm saying? There wouldn't be any fees must fall if it wasn't for, yeah, for this tech. is true. This is true. The, 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 the digital revolution has really closed the circle in terms of what information is accessible. You know, I, I think what it's done is, is decoupled the monopoly. 
And I think people mm. are very uncomfortable with it because yeah, it we've always known things at, in a certain form, and now that it's changing so and rapidly. And when when they wanted us to know it, yeah, exactly. I mean, who who, who who even wakes up in the morning to watch ENCA anymore? I just I can just go to my Twitter feed and I know exactly what's There's happening. No, I don't watch time. the news. Yeah, I don't watch the news, and I can actually get the real news on social media because somebody would have been there, seen it, and reported about it themselves. Everyone's a journalist now, right? But now what I what I what I've been thinking about is. It, it really is this, this idea of, of, of young people being catered to in, in the working world, right? And obviously you're a young man in the working world. Um, you know, I'm a young person in the working world. And one thing I found, one thing I found when I went on, on my own and started running my own stuff was it's quite easy to become the same boss that you didn't like working yeah. with. It's, it's quite yeah. easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I've like, Obviously, being a young person, I've got the different a different perspective. So I've like consciously decided to not be that way, and uh, and I can say the way I've managed my 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 employees or my my specifically the one the one girl I team up with at one of our clients. Um, the way I've managed her has been really on a on a really um, casual basis. Um, I do not I do not apply any more pressure than is necessary to get the job done. Um, I don't you know I don't make her feel. Like she is anywhere below me or beneath or anything. I really do put in the effort to consciously make it a, a better working environment. And I can tell you from just from that over the last 10 months is that the productivity is, is crazy and the job satisfaction is crazy and she's just really enthusiastic and passionate and improving every single day she works. So it's, it, it does kind of, I kind of like looked at that and thought to myself, you know, I was fortunate enough at my first job to also work with a with a guy who had a similar attitude towards me, and um, I think about um, I think about how I feel about him now and how I and how I um, how I worked with him back then, and um, it it kind of it kind of makes sense as to why I am the type of person I am now within the works working world because of the way he did that. So I think subconsciously he might not have been completely aware of it, but just because of his personality and maybe maybe it is just the way he he manages his people, he. Um, he kind of, he kind of grew, he kind of matured me in a life sense and not only in a work sense. And don't you think that that should start to become, especially in, in today's world, should become part of like the mandate of a manager is not to just manage the business, but to try to kind of like curate or, um, you know, assist in the development of the person, not just as a manager or not just as you're a really good, um, account manager. So, I'm going to be a manager that makes you the best account manager in the business. But what about like as a, as a woman? What about like as a young man? What about as, you know, what about somebody that can be a good father? You know, I don't, I'm not saying that it should be the responsibility of every single manager in a corporate world to like raise the children. But I think that it should be part of the process when looking at managing people that you spend most of your life with. So I think, um, I, th- I think his ex is under a lot of pressure. Um, I think unnecessarily so. So, Lesech was an engineer, cool. I don't expect my exec to be double checking my numbers, for example. I mean, you hired me because I can do that, right? Essentially, I think, um, and, 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 and there's, and there's two types of executives, actually. There is an executive who can manage people, right? And build a team. And there is an executive who is shit hot at what they do. Best engineer. In, Probably in the industry Best accountant in the industry yeah. Cool But if this person You must understand If this person is the best accountant In the industry It does not automatically mean That he can lead people And I think that's where Corporates get it very wrong So I definitely think that One there are two types of, of executives And you need to differentiate Between the two guys And um, You know there's, there's, there's a management saying To say that If you want to get something done Really well Hire people that are smarter than you And get out of their way This is true Hire people that are smarter than you and get out of their way. Do you think there's an element um, of of you know how millennials are so sure of themselves? Yeah, like millennials are confident, bro. They've got this swagger about them, this character about them, this I can achieve anything if I just choose to attitude, um, which has obviously got its benefits and its problems, and like every single generation. But the one thing that we do have is this imposing. Personas. We have these imposing, ambitious characters. Do you think that perhaps one of the elements, if we're talking about re-looking at the way people are managed in business and the way corporates are structured, don't you think that it might be a smart move to give young people more freedom, yet the feeling of more responsibility? 
Don't you think that that will appeal to their confidence, entrepreneurial, I can do this on my own spirit and make them own their job as opposed to work for their job? I think that th- that very spirit, I think that is, I think that is exactly why America is America. You know, Americans always speak about the American dream and everything is larger than life, etc., etc. You hear that all the time. All the time. I literally think America is only America because they literally have the audacity to want to be the best at everything. And that's what I, that's the only thing I love about Americans. Mm. I love the fact that an American can walk into an industry that he knows nothing about and be like, okay, cool. I'm going to take this over and I want to be industry leader. Yeah, I mean, an American can be a sort of a reality TV star and end up president, right? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you very much. Must and, have been the Republicans. <laughs> no, listen, but, but why, why the hell not? Yeah, but he's, that's the thing, bro. That's what I'm saying. I think like, and he's not even a millennial, that twat. But the, <laughs> the the point is that the point is that um, young people. Now, what you're saying is true, and I think that you got a point there when you're saying that these young people are an, a, pure, a good example of why um, America is America, right? Because of that persona, that swagger, that belief, right? But don't you think as well, bro, if we're talking about restructuring the way people are managing the business and the business is set up in a corporate sense, do you think that, like I said earlier, maybe we're giving out, we should give young people more freedom, yet give them the feeling of more responsibility, let them own their job opposed to work for it? The other thing that then lies on managers, I believe, and corporate governance in general is to remove yourself from the situation emotionally because I think a lot of managers and a lot of senior execs etc are intimidated by young people's hunger in today's world and they they don't really want you to progress any faster than they did because it's what's supposed to happen but you see you can't you can't you can't say that you know you you it's a different it's a different race now it's a different ball game it's a whole different world for me the toughest thing I've ever encountered in corporate is managing someone three times your age literally it's not even the work the tech, the work, all that easy. Try managing someone three times your age; it becomes it becomes very tricky. So I definitely think I definitely think we have a culture clash and we have a generational clash, and um, it's inevitable. But in that case, I'm gonna flip the the script now a little bit because yeah. if you, want, I'm all for giving millennials more responsibility and and more authority. Yeah. But with that comes great responsibilities because in that case. If you want to say Lesaho, cool, you'll get a promotion every eight months, you've been exec, whatever. Yeah. Then then Lesaho better better make damn sure that he knows how to manage the guys his age as well as the guys three times his age. So absolutely. I look, I think young people also need to understand that if corporates or if managers, etc., had to provide opportunity that's that suits you and like, you know, fulfills this like dream that you have, as outrageous as it may be, they give you the opportunity to you better you better deliver. You better uh, make damn sure. Yeah, otherwise it's just going to be the generation that talks the talk but never walks the walk. 100%. Like, you know what I'm saying? So I think, I think that, I, look, what, what, what I'm trying to, what I'm, what I'm envisioning here, you know, as a sort of takeout from this conversation is that maybe what we need in business structures, according to what uh, Simon was saying in his talk, you know, my, based on my experience, based on the conversations we've had, based on the conversations we've had on this platform together around uh, working, working people and young people in the working world, um, maybe, what has to happen is there needs to be more of a of a give and a take here, as opposed to like a dictate. Because I feel like a lot of businesses dictate, and you know, this is your book of rules, follow them. But I think what should rather happen is maybe the conversation needs to have happen in the beginning of employment or the beginning of the partnership or the beginning of the business, and say, all right, listen, get to know the people, get to know them as a person, try to understand what flows their boat, what works for them, what doesn't work for them, what are their frustrations, what are the things that might cause creative blocks in their minds, what are certain things they really enjoy, what is the quality of life they'd like to live, and find a way to get the job they have to do to be something that befalls an integral part of the way they live. You know, there's, 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 a, there's a pattern in young people that I've picked up is that you can work at your company and you can be earning your salary and it can, and it can be good. And you can be paying your house and paying your car and saving some money and going on holidays every once a year and for two weeks or so. But, you know, after a couple of years, you wake up every single day and you do that job, right? Your quality of life doesn't feel any better. And I think, I think businesses are losing really good, really talented, really smart, really innovative, futuristic thinking young people because they simply don't want to improve the quality of their life only the amount of their money or only the title behind their name on the email signature let's switch that thinking a bit and give it a bit give a bit of give and take you know what i'm saying 
Maybe give the person two days off to work from home. Maybe let them work four days a week and give them Fridays off. Maybe let them work remotely for two days. You know, those type of things. Let Then you know what? That, that same person who was thinking about leaving their job because their quality of life sucks can wake up on a Thursday at like half past nine, hit the gym if they need to hit the gym, have a quick lunch, and then work in the work in the afternoon from a coffee shop if they'd like to or from wherever they might have to be. Or go to the show on Cliff Central. Go to the Shoncliffe Central. You feel me? You feel me? You feel what I'm saying? And 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 all of a sudden, that same person that was feeling despondent and frustrated and wants to duck is now like, wow, this company pays me a good salary. I'll see a future. And you know what? Actually, it's not that bad. I think, honestly, companies shoot themselves in the foot with this whole this whole mentality of just making this shit like a factory line, like a pump it out, put your suit on and work. It's like, bro, people are realizing there's way more to life. 100%. Couldn't agree with you more. Do you know what I mean? And and it gets frustrating to me because I remember being in the situation and being like, Jesse, this should change. And then trying to have the conversations around changing it and like getting looked at like, ah, you just want like, you want it easy. Yeah. Yeah. And who said it has to be hard though? But, but now this is what I'm saying to you. Who says it has to be hard? Like, aren't we different people? But anyway, so we're talking about restructuring Traditional ways of doing things And uh, business is one of them We ha- were talking about school um, Last week You can download that podcast On cliffcentral.com And then uh, we, we, We're going to be dedicating A couple of weeks To talking about You know What the what the issues are That we face as young people Or what the issues are That we face When we're on the come up Or getting Whatever you want to call it Being raised Growing up Whatever man I'm trying to sound cool <laughs> um, but yeah, we're going to be chatting about these thing, things uh, in the next couple of weeks in an unplugged fashion. Uh, but switching up into another topic after the break, we're going to be chatting to a guest in studio. Uh, Lesejo's got some ideas on what he'd like to talk about. Apparently, he's not sure what his role is in 2017. <laughs> but we're going to hear what he has to say after the break. What's popping? What's popping? You guys are tuning to Unplugged and In Charge. We're back. I know we took a break. We had to take a break. Lesejo has been arranging his thoughts. He's not sure exactly what, where he's standing in 2017. <laughs> but it's not even, it's not even, talk to them. Wait, check check the mic. You on? You on, bro? Yeah. You on? There we go. Hey, 100. Yeah. percent There we go. So listen, um, it's it, it's 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 a real thing. Yep. It's such a real thing Because um, If I look at my Sister for example Right My older sister And I see the dynamics she has So she has a family And all that type of okay. stuff Right Let's see who he's leading With this guys We and don't then, even know Where he's going yet <laughs> It's going to be deep And then <laughs> and then we talk about What it's like to be a millennial In the workforce right Yes so We know how we change things there Etc cetera, etc cetera. However This is obviously not isolated Right It spills over to your personal life Right Yeah And sometimes I need to sit back And think to myself I'm like You know what So we have we have someone like uh, Simpio. Simpio's in Eastern Cape right now, right? Doing his thing, living his best life, etc., yeah, etc. Doing his thing. And then my qu- the question I have now is to say, okay, it's not a bit of a coincidence that all four guys are single on this show. Is that not a little problematic? And then the next question I need to ask myself then is, if Simpio is ever going to date someone, who is he actually going to date? Listen to my man. Listen to my man talking about my my relationship life. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you have someone like Weza. Weza's never you. in the same place on any given day. So what it pushes us to ask is, what is the? So we're speaking about uh, changing the workplace for millennials, right? Or adapting a new system to suit this millennial culture, Word. and maybe being a little bit more flexible, etc. And then you know we talked about managers, we spoke about um, business owners, uh, we spoke about executives and how they probably treat new young people and how they could do that differently to the empowerment of the person they're treating or to at least improve the quality of their life. But we all know that in a guy's life, there is only always one boss, um, even though you've got a couple of bosses at work. You usually go home and you deal with the real boss, right? This is very true. <laughs> you, do, you, deal with the real, you deal with the real pressure, the real uh, performance reviews and, <laughs> and whatnot, right? <laughs> so we're going to be talking a little bit about um, how we think or, or maybe perhaps how do I phrase this correctly? Let's say we're going to be talking about how do we perhaps rewire what a traditional relationship or a traditional male, a traditional female role um, in inverted commas are in 2017. And I want to shape it because I can tell you now, right? For example, we've been having this conversation for 30 minutes and I bet ever since we were talking about promotions and all that type of thing, sure, everybody has had the picture of a male in their mind. 
right? Um, probably. I don't think of emails though, but I didn't want to mention it. But I hear you. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. you're weird. So you know. So what I did is, is you know, I took it upon myself and I said, you know what? Let's get some diversity in here. Shots. I so, hear you. So you have one Lesejo on one end of the spectrum, right? And obviously we have a filter. We have a male filter on how things are, right? Which is only half of the truth, if we're being honest. Um, so what I decided to do is. I said, you know what, let me, let me, let me, let's be a bit, um, eccentric with this. And I hijacked a friend of mine. Her name is Kuma. Kuma, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Closer to the mic. I'm good, thanks. How are you? Yeah, there we go. It's not a bank here. You must, <laughs> must know how to do things properly. And then even better, right? I walk into the studio. Okay. Um, a little late and, and, and I'm comforted at, um, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm comforted. By the, 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 the appearance of a very beautiful young lady all the way from Zambia, even though she hasn't been there for a couple of years. Um, and her name is Comfort. Oh, what's popping? What's popping, Comfort? I'm good. I'm good. No, that's great, man. So we've got two ladies in the building now. Um, it's not just going to be from our perspective. Um, we want to, we want to understand, and I want to pose a question to you guys. You guys can answer it one at a time. Uh, you guys can play Ching Chong Chat to see who goes first. <laughs> uh, but we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna put it like this, and I want to know from, from you guys, right? What do you see as a fundamental, what do you see as one of the fundamental things men need to change in 2017 when it comes to, in inverted commas, the roles in a relationship? Hmm. Sure. Hmm. You, you just have, went there. Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. No, let's go, let's go there. And uh, like I was saying, managers need to be more flexible. Managers in business, in the business world need to be more, um, uh, proactive in improving the quality of their, their employees' lives as opposed to just the title and their salary. But in a, in a relationship context, um, I'm pretty sure there's certain fundamental that have been carried throughout the ages that men are supposed to do and women are supposed to do. But what do you think is probably the most fundamental one that needs to be readdressed in, or be addressed in 2017? Agency over our bodies. Like also, I think so much. So it's more step closer to the sorry. mic, move it forward. You don't right. have to lean over the desk. Then, yeah. Okay. <laughs> I feel like, um, agency over our bodies is something that keeps coming up time and time again, but, okay. um, more so just the, the aspect of men thinking they have that much dominance over women, I think that's something that needs to be evaluated in 2017. So men, th- men thinking that, uh, they wear the pants automatically type of thing or they're the boss. Yes. Mm. Okay. Okay. Interesting. What do you say? I think, I think it's also exceptions. I mean, we're in, we're in a generation now where, um, as a woman, I could be a CEO of a company. As a man, you could yeah. be, uh, you know, the latter. You could be a manager or something sure. um, less than me. It's the purpose. It's, it's the whole idea of getting into the household and understanding my role as a woman and understanding that as much as I'm a CEO at my own company, that I'm still, you know, your woman. So it's, it's understanding our roles, our different roles in our, in, in, in this generation, I guess. Can I challenge that? Yeah, Two sure. seconds. So. <coughs> Um, for example, right, uh, where I was raised, my mom, horrible cook. She hates cooking. She just doesn't want to do it, you know? Shut up, mom. <laughs> and, and, and it's never been, you know, everybody always says who ha. And, and I, I really understand because, you know, obviously our parents were always working nine to five and all that type of thing. But my mom was literally like, listen, if you're hungry, go make your own food, you know? And even now, when she talks about, you know, uh, my sister and all that, her 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 perception is that um so I know for the fact if I were to marry someone yeah she wouldn't expect my wife to cook for me basically she's like no listen if you're hungry like go make food and like be strong you know if your laundry is dirty go clean your laundry you know you won't die so then because you know because I have this filter of privilege right of male privilege it's very difficult for me to relate to women but the one thing I do know is I think. I think women have it a whole lot tougher than what men do, unfairly so. And I think a lot of things that we talk about are almost like self-fulfilling prophecies, right? So, Kuma, I want to find out when you say you have your role at the office and you have your role at home, what are the distinct differences between the two? So at, at, at the office, for, for example, if I'm a manager at the office, I've got subordinates, people that report to me. So I'll get there and I'll give a couple of instructions here and there and I'll work in my own space. Let me drop a couple of instructions. So come really close, close to the mic. mic. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's no such thing as too close. Okay. Can that's, you hear me now? That's the only instruction I'll ever give. Okay. The whole cool. show. 
<laughs> so if I'm if I'm at the office and I'm a manager, then I will get to a point where I'm giving instructions. I'm I've got subordinates and I'm telling people what to do in the same space I'm doing it myself. Now, as a woman, sometimes when you get to that kind of level, when you get into the household, I mean, I was raised that when you get into the house, the man is always the head of the family. Hmm. So immediately when I get into that home, then I take off my CEO hat and I take off my manager's hat, and hmm. I will then submit to the man, giving him any well. You know, just submitting to anything, like <laughs> any of his requirements, you know, thereof. So, so that's that's mm. basically what I mean. We're taking off that hat, knowing knowing the boundary, knowing when to then say, okay, now I'm now I'm a wife. When I get into the house, now I'm a wife. I'm no longer that CEO, and giving him the respect that um, that he deserves. Um, at this point in life, we we generally, if I had you know some some women um, CEOs in their companies, and they have a man that's not working, you get home and you totally dis- disregard your husband mm. because he does not provide, he does not do this. If you're sitting on your couch, you must get off the couch whenever you f- whenever you say it, and it is basically just forgetting our different roles and our gender roles. And but the 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 thing that um the thing that's that's I think um when I when I think about that's exactly what you're saying. I think that there's certain elements to that thing which are are, f- are flawed. I don't think that when you enter into a relationship, there's 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 roles that are uh, that there sh- I don't think there should be roles that are assigned to your gender off the bat. The reason I don't think the reason I think that is because like if we had to if we had to do that, then what if those roles that I impose on you because you are a female um, doesn't make you feel good about yourself or doesn't that is not what you want. You know, should you be forced to do them just because it's like a, a role in inverted commas? I don't think so. Um, but I do think that you have a point with regards to when you speak about respecting each other. Mm-hmm. That's, that's like a, mm-hmm. I think that's just like a normal human rule that we should always have respect for each other, regardless of what our position in society is. You know, um, we should always be more than just what we do. You know, we should also be better people and good fathers, good mothers, good friends, you know. So that I think is a, is a fair point. One thing that I realized in, in 2017 is that, and uh, not, uh, in 2017, yeah, but overall, I think that there's a, there's a problem with men accepting that women can be just as success, as successful, if not more successful than them. And if you're coming home to a man that believes in the traditions and the traditional system of a relationship, he might feel upset. He might feel belittled. Simply b- because you're successful and he might not be as successful, or you're like famous and he's not famous, or whatever, um, you might find a man feels less of himself because he believes in the traditional way a relationship should work. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, that's where relationships should be rewired. You know, I think that the you shouldn't feel less of yourself. Your partner shouldn't feel more of themselves if they are more than you. It should be a teamwork. It should be partnership, you know? Because, I mean, think about, think about like when you talk about having ownership of your body. Do you feel that historically men have been the ones who always decide when to have sex? Um, most times it seemed so. Especially when you look at like, um, arranged marriages. A lot of times women never really had a choice and I will, I can speak for what I've experienced culturally. Yeah. Um, in Zambia, there's the Bemba culture. And usually what a woman is taught is when your man wants it, you give it. There's never a question about, oh, you were standing in the kitchen for hours. You know, you were trying to do the laundry You're or whatever. You're tired. Yeah. You're tired. It's just a thing of like what he says you do. And I 100% agree that in 2017, a lot of things... I feel need to change in terms of how much effort a person or the people in the relationship put. Mm. It has to be 50-50 because um, you look at like, as was mentioned earlier, sometimes women won't like to cook or some won't like to do laundry or something, you know? And that's where you sit down with the person you're with and you say, look, okay, I'm not really great at cooking. But we can find a compromise in a sense that we can be able to both do half the effort if you're living together. Yeah. You know, cause it, it's a I, team effort. I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that we, I mean, like for, for me, even the conversation, like sitting down your wife and saying, so, uh, listen, um, you know, uh, you don't really like cooking. So, that, that, <laughs> you know, that's weird because like to me, that, what that, what that, like what that, what that, what that, what that like suggests is that, 
I expected that, you know. Yeah. So, so like it's a, it's a it's a very difficult space, right, to to operate in and to change. But I can't help but agree. And perhaps let's circle this answers your question: Why we are uh, all four single only? I want to swear, but I'm gonna just keep it. <laughs> in. Um, you know, why we are four single dudes is probably probably because uh, a lot. Uh, well, specifically, probably I can't speak for everybody, but I know myself and you share a very similar. Um, Outlook on in terms of how things should probably work amongst uh, men and women, and mm. and I think maybe maybe there's just not enough people that share the same sentiments, and maybe that's yeah. why we're single. But maybe that's the conversation that needs to start happening. You know, I don't know if you guys have conversations like that in your spaces around. What do you think a new age relationship should be from a woman's point of view? Like we we talk about women, like you know, I, I'll say things like. It's can't can't this woman just can't like woman be more understanding like you know what I'm saying like I feel like I'm the one who's always oh. understanding and I'm trying to and I'm trying to I'm trying I'm just trying to tell you now that I got dreams I want to achieve you know I me mean? like I got shit I gotta do bro I'm working fast it's not, it's not it's not like it's not like I'm trying to ignore you it's Preach. not like, it's not like I'm not trying wow. to take you on dates like even if you like you are talking to me <laughs> wait so, but the thing is also men see logic women we we don't just see the the step we don't just see Step one, two, three. We look at, okay, now, what are the issues around those steps? What emotions are going into play? We don't just say, oh, okay, so he wants to get his money. It's cool. He will text me after two days or whatever. Yeah. We're like, um, excuse mm, me? Yeah. I have the time to text you good morning. <laughs> and you're going to tell me you're getting your money? <laughs> so, <laughs> the, so the craziest thing to me is, is like what you're saying there, I feel you, but I also don't feel you. Because I, I feel you, like, in a way that I don't feel you, is like, what if SMS has never existed? Like why now? Because like technology exists now, it, it's almost like I am demanded to when I pick my phone up to to talk to my girlfriend like in reality I would have only spoken to you when I saw you or you know maybe when I got home and I called you you know what I'm saying well I called you at lunch like I'm not saying that I don't want to text you there'll be days that you'll text your girl because you miss her or whatever because the, the the accessibility is there but it won't but be every day I don't yeah I don't think it needs to be and I don't think vice versa like I don't think you as a female need to feel compelled to continually tell me where you are what you're doing through I mean even if you're just at work like or like just do you know what I'm saying I think that that's done overboard now and it's created a certain sense of expectation in a relationship which causes so much extra pressure do you know what I mean because mm-hmm. like then that fight comes up like excuse me I texted you this morning I'll be like what so I'm, I'm going to switch up and ask the question right yeah. and and I'll ask it to come and it'll go, it'll go, it'll go to comfort mm-hmm. so with all these things there's so many compromises right and the ideal situation is that everything should be 50-50 realistically will things be 50-50 because as much as the self can sit you on his ass and be like, uh, I need to work all day, no, 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 no. The truth is, when I am at work and I am working all day, when I do come back, I'm really like, I'm like keeping my fingers crossed that like there's a warm meal. <laughs> chilling there. You know, me and my male privilege. Yeah, me and my male privilege are like, oh my gosh, we know it's wrong, but we hope it's really, you know what I'm saying? So. My question is, will things ever really be 50-50? Is that even realistic? I, I personally don't think so. I think it's also a culture clash where uh, it all goes back to how you were brought up. I was brought up in a place where I was taught how to treat a man. I was taught that when a man comes home, whether you're sleeping or not, when he comes home, whatever time, you must uh, warm up his food and you must give it to him. And then you must wait for him to finish, wash the dishes and all of that. So it's a culture clash at the end of the day. I expect that when you come home... I, I, you know, I, I'll make sure that your food is ready because that's that's the way I was brought up. So I, I also just don't think things should ever be fifty-fifty mm. because a man will always be the head of the family. That's my that's my opinion. So I don't think we'll get to that point, and I don't see the reason for us to get to that point because we all need to have our roles in the in the family. We can't, we really can't be discussing who's cooking today and why must you take, you know, things like I mean, I expect you to ensure that my car's always washed, <laughs> that my car's always taken for service, that this is always done, so that I can take take care of the things in the house. So I don't think it will. Always be 50 50 in that sense. If one even hit his head on the mic <laughs> from that, okay, comfort, hold on. Comfort is really comfort, yeah, burning to say something. <laughs> I mean, I, I agree to what you're saying in terms of the roles we play are different as yeah. males and females in the home, and that's just in the heterosexual perspective. But I mean, um, the thing is, I'm, I'm just the kind of girl if. Yes, I'll make sure your meal is cooked. You know, you have something to eat mm. and whatever. In the event, say, not say that you come home late, but if you're home on time, mm. I'm cooking dinner. Mm. I mean, 
it wouldn't kill you to say, I'll clean the dishes, you know? Yeah, yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? No, I know. There, there, there's, there's things you can kind of... Mm, you, you know? <laughs> if I do the laundry and yeah. you're like, babe, I don't mind unhanging it for you. Mm. That to me... Oh, I don't know about anything. <laughs> you know, if, if you say that, then I'll be yeah. like, okay, cool. But I actually wanted to ask... How would you guys feel if your significant other was making more money than you? I'd be cool with it, man. I wouldn't have a problem. I mean, me, I wouldn't. I don't know about him. He might, but I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I, I wouldn't be. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't have a problem with uh, my my wife or my girlfriend being successful at all. I mm-hmm. I don't think that it's a competition. This thing. Mm-hmm. I think this thing is all about like what you need to do in your life, and you do it. You know, as long as um, as long as you know she's happy doing what she does, and she's and she's doing really well at it, then. You know, uh, it, it only makes sense for me to share in that happiness and share in that, in that joy. You know, uh, I, I feel like it's a very, it's a very backwards way of thinking to think that a woman yeah. shouldn't, can't and mustn't, yeah. you know, earn more, yeah. m- earn more money. I yeah. mean, come on, it's just money. Either. So I refer, so one I refer to each other as teammates, right? Mm. Yeah. And the way I look at it, bro, um, we could be on the same team. Right, and one could be Ronaldo, General Ronaldo. You know, he earns more money than me. But the bottom line is, we're in this game to win the game, right? Yeah. True. That's the point. True. I'm always gonna pass you the boys. It was gonna pass me yeah. the ball, but they get. You know, we're all in this to. We're to, gonna to, be to sharing the the vibes, but at yeah. the end of the day, we win. We all win. <laughs> you see. Um. So, so, so sorry, I I want to expand on that. So, <clears throat> I'll be really honest. I'm extremely competitive, and I really like money. So money touches me in my studio. <laughs> um, but the way I would see it, right? I would never turn down someone. <laughs> I would never turn down someone because they they make more money than me. If anything, the fact that and this has always been my analogy. So so in in, in varsity when shit was hitting the fan and engineering so tough, my mom would always be like, "Listen, other kids do it, you'll do it." Like that was it. She, she didn't need to. Other kids did it, you'll do it. So if I'm in a relationship with someone and they're making more money than me. Listen, she's doing it. I can do it. Yeah. yeah. That's all it is. Yeah. And I mean, to be honest, I think like to some degree, a woman making a lot of money might even attract you. But <laughs> that's the difference. See, that's the problem when, you, when your friends know you're a little too cool. <laughs> you, might, you might be like, damn, she's working hard. That's dope. Well, yeah. Else, I wonder what else she does. But you know, you know what the, um, the thing is in 2017, I think that, um, in, in our, in our generation, I do think the nature of our relationships are going to change. Yes. Um, I think that, you know, I read a statistic the other day which made me feel slightly weird but at the same time um made sense i read that you know the the amount of marriages that have um taken place not even divorce rates just getting married has dropped by like 60 percent over the last oh yeah I over the last that. uh five to ten years or something it was scary yeah that's because they're side chicks these days well oh, okay. you, well i mean yeah okay okay <laughs> hey. okay hey. <laughs> but but like what 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 um what it kind of told me was that this idea of marriage and um this idea of the traditional way of living has slowly, evidently started to change, mm. you know. Um, I don't know if people are going to be getting married in the next 20 years. I don't, I, I've, I've got this suspicion that it might fall away because I am a product of a new generation, mm. but I come from a mother and father who lived a life in a certain way. Mm. But my all of a sudden my way of thinking about life is completely different because of the society I grew up in. Mm. And I think there are many, many, many people like me who are going to raise their kids differently. You know, my kids are not going to be raised. I'm not going to raise my children one day, um, imposing systems on them, which I felt I didn't like, which I felt oppressed me, which I felt limited me, which I felt frustrated me. I'm not going to impose those same ideologies on my children. Therefore, my children are going to have new ways of thinking and living about this whole life thing. Which means that eventually this marriage concept, this traditional man-woman role, it it, it might just eventually like sort of just disintegrate. Maybe not our Mm. lifetime, but eventually, you know. And it got me thinking about being an unplugged individual. Because I think all of us sitting at this table now, we probably feel a certain... Desire to be something more And to be something significant And to make a difference Right That's really what Us young people want to do Is really make a difference Right And remember If there's a If there's a Collective consciousness About making a difference That must mean There's a collective Subconsciousness Of knowing that there's a problem And 
because that I was such a bar you just dropped there. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> These things happen, guys. It only happens once a month, don't worry. Like, but but, but okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So yeah. subconsciously we know that there's a big problem that we're all trying to solve, mm. you know. Mm. And perhaps we should have conversations about what those pro that subconscious problem really is. And I think things like the workplace, things like relationships, things like religion to some degree are all part of that con- that conversation. And if we are to make that difference we want to do, we have to kind of do it like that and do it together like that. And then actively implement these new ideologies in the way we live, you know. Because someone will look at Lesejo and be like, well, Lesejo never believed in, Lesejo never believed in um, um, a traditional marriage, for instance. Yeah. But look at him, he's happy and successful. He's actually genuinely happy. So it kind of puts this idea in people's mind that I don't actually have to follow the ABCs to be happy, mm. like they told me to. So because the evidence of his life is there, you know what I mean. So mm. that's what I feel needs to start to curate amongst all of us. You know, mm. how do you feel? I know that was a bar though. Yeah, out, sure. out, <laughs> yay, <laughs> teammate. <laughs> you feel me? Sure. But in closing, like we, we actually the time is running. I just looked up and it's like four minutes left. But that's in closing, what, that's what I hate about the show. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> Every time. <laughs> time dog but in closing i think let's kind of just go around the table and uh you know leave people that are going to be listening to this podcast with just just like a a a little bit of what you're going to try and and think about or perhaps what you're trying to encourage people to think about i mean i left i left mine at that okay so i'll start just help you out so for me from a male perspective um just i think it's our responsibility um all of us individually um to know that things are changing Mm. they won't be the same I think some traditional things were rubbish and should never be done again. And I think that some of them have very good merits and we should stick to them. And I think that just because Lusachot does not believe in the traditional way of doing things does not mean that the traditional way of doing things are wrong. People yes. are different. Mm. This is People true. People are different. If you do want to cook for your man every day and it does make you happy, then do what makes yeah. you happy. Yeah. I'm going to leave it there. That's true. I would add on to that and say, just have conversations about this. Like, mm. don't, don't shy away. Talk about it because these are things that will eventually come up. And then you start looking at marriage and all those issues. So I just think today we should just have conversations about our thoughts, ideas, our ideologies about relationships as a whole, just so you get a better understanding of everything. I like that. Yeah, I think added to both of them, it's it's a, it's just a matter of time where we need to start having conversations of change, leaving out all these cultural differences and sitting down on a round table and saying, what do you do? What do you do? And what else can we do differently in our different spheres of life? Encouraging also young people to actually come out of their closets, depending on whatever religion that they you know they believe in, whatever um, situation that they're in. Yeah. Encourage them to come to 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 one table and you know some sort of forum where we can just speak about our views all together. I agree with that And you've heard it from the young people's mouths On the young people's show This is the Unplugged Radio Show We've got to go It is the shortest hour of the week Every week Which is a problem But uh, thank you very much for tuning in If you're listening live And thank you for downloading our podcast We appreciate the support We're going to be having a couple of Unplugged conversations going forward I know Lesejo's got so many ideas They're bubbling up in his head I see him taking notes now on his on his cell phone I don't know Or maybe he was just chatting Who knows Who knows Who knows But I'm like I can do anything Because ah, no rules Because I'm millennial I'm never wrong <laughs> Shout out well, thank you very much for tuning in, guys. Uh, we're going to we're going to be back next week, Thursday, same time, same place. Until then, do your thing, man. Do your thing. This is CliffCentral.com.